Hey, we welcome you back from Thanksgiving Day, uh, and I'm sure that you guys uh, went out and sacrificed yourself to eat all that turkey and stuffing and everything that was on that table. Amen. Uh, and there's no such thing as overeating on Thanksgiving Day. No such thing as that. We feast and we have a good time. And if we gain some weight, then we got, we, you know, if we gain, if you are with someone that gained weight, then you got more to love. Amen. Amen. Just, that's more. We're in the season of more. Amen. So, um, I was, you know, my wife was picking on Pastor Jordan today. Stretchy pants. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Pastor Jordan, you got to give me where you, let me know where you got those. I need, I need some. I need a pair. Amen. <laughs> but we are so, you know, you know, it was so amazing. You know, we know that God is answering prayer. God is. How many of you know that God answers prayer? Amen. Hey, all the men that are here, all the men that were here, you're going you're gonna to love this. Because, you know, last week or a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned, like, you know, that, that women love shoes. Amen. Remember that? I don't even remember that. But today, my wife asked that question. How many of you ladies, uh, what would your reaction be if you went on a mega shoe sale and it got quiet? That's weird. God's answering it was prayers. God's answering prayer. God is answering prayer. He's in the business because there was no excitement about that. There was no excitement about that. Amen. So men, can we say praise the Lord for that? Come on. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Woo. Amen. <laughs> oh, we're in trouble now. They're going to go buy shoes like crazy now. So get ready for that as well. Hey, but we had a great, great Thanksgiving week. It was Thanksgiving Day. Was, it was a great time. Uh, well, I had my aunt here that was out visiting from Oregon. She had a phenomenal, phenomenal time. I want to thank you and people and New Season family for making her feel at home. I really appreciate that. So we hung out on Thanksgiving Day, had a good uh, Thanksgiving lunch, uh, got home, watched the boys win and beat the Giants. That was awesome. Uh, so Brenda, that was awesome, Brenda, right? Yeah, another <laughs> cowboy fan right here, right in front of me. I love that. When two come into agreement, amen, come on. Uh, so it, it was a great day. But you know what? There really is nothing better than to be in God's house, amen. amongst God's people, and celebrating the goodness of God. Amen. And today we continue to celebrate his goodness. Hey, we're going to continue. I've asked my son here, Pastor Jr., to help me out uh, today in the message. I think that God's going to do something and speak. So we're going to do a tag team today. Uh, we've been talking the last few weeks about birthing miracles. And, and I believe that God has spoken to our hearts and to our lives. I think and I really believe that God's been preparing us Amen. and preparing God's people, not only individually, but corporately for miracles to take place. We are believing that God is speaking in such a way that not only are we going to personally experience and rejoice with miracles given to us, but even to the people around us. And when that happens, it's going to explode. But uh, today I'm going to be speaking on the title. We'll be speaking on the title, Conceived with the Sea. Let me just kind of go back and, and, and read the scripture that we based uh, this upon. And this is in 2 Kings chapter 4 and beginning with verse 8. Let me just go through the story again. Fascinating story. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, where a wealthy woman lived, who urged him to eat some food. So whenever he passed that way, he would turn in there to eat food. And she said to her husband, Behold now, I know that this is a holy man of God, who is continually passing our way. 
Let us make room or a small room on the roof with walls and put there for him a bed, a table, a chair, a lamp, so that whenever he comes to us, he can go in there. One day he came there and he turned into the chamber and rested there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call the Shunammite woman, or Shunammite. When he had called her, she stood before him. And he said to him, say to her, see, you have taken all this trouble for us. What is it to be done for you? Would you have a word spoken on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, what then, what then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, well, she has no son, and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the doorway, and he said, at this season, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your servant. But the woman conceived, and she bore a son, about that time the following spring, just as Elisha had said to her. Pastor Junior, I believe that God is continually wanting to speak to our hearts and to our lives. It's interesting how this story develops and how God puts it all in his place there. This was not just another woman. I believe she was an exceptional woman. I believe that God was with her, and she trusted, and she believed God. It doesn't mention much about her husband at this particular time or here, but it does talk about her, and she understood something that was in a spiritual context. As she is speaking there, she recognizes that there is someone that would pass by often, and, and she knew it was Elisha, the prophet, but she and herself perceived that this man was a holy man of God. It's fascinating to understand that. And women, you know, women have a, a sense of knowing. They have like a sixth sense. They see things that men don't see. There's five senses. And for men, it's hard for us to operate in five. Right. We use one at a time. Right. Yeah, woman one at a time. Right. Don't pile them up. It's hard. But for women, they can use all of them at one time. They know yeah, all of them. She perceived. She saw what her husband could not see. She saw maybe what others did not see. She saw Elisha as a holy man of God. Verse 10 is so fascinating. And, and when we read that, look what it says here. And if we could put that on the screen, it would be awesome because I want us to read together. This is, I'm going to... She starts off by saying this, let us make a small room. Now, I got to pause there for a moment because women are smart. Very. Women are very smart. They include themselves in a project by speaking or saying, let us do or make, but Men are generally stuck with all the work. Yeah, because they'll say, hey, honey, let's fix that. And we're the ones yeah. fixing it. Honey, I want, I want us to fix that. Right. 
Or let's put up the Christmas lights and you're the one. Yeah, they just put up. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Right. So they include themselves in it because they want to include themselves. It's like, you know, they, they don't want to be left out. No. Okay. Yeah. So the us is when it's all done. Look what we did. did yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Look what we built. Incredible. That's why I say they're fascinating. Right. This woman was no different. She was smart. She said, let us make a small room. But then she's detailed because women are detailed. How many of you men agree with me on that? Women, most of them, most of, they're detailed. They say, watch this. Let us make a small room, but I want it on the roof with walls. And if it's empty, guess what? Listen, for the most part, women are not going to get or move into a room or a house and let it be empty. No. Even before it's built, they already fill it. Right. Right. Correct. Even before it's done, they already have all the furniture. Back then, it, was, it used to be called layaway. Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Anybody remember layaway? Kmart, layaway. Amen. My mom lived in layaway. She forgot what she put layaway many times. Well, I got this. Yeah, well, years later, she got it. But thank God. See, this woman said, we're going to make this. We're going to put that because what this woman was doing, she was saying, we've got to make room. Amen. We don't have the room needed to house the miracle, the promise, the presence of God, the prophetic, so she makes room. So in order for us to get our miracle and get ready for our miracle, we've got to make room. Amen. This woman was a wise woman. What does that mean, Pastor? We're making room. You have to, um, I, want, I want us all to grasp this as we're dissecting this even in the morning. That sometimes when we get this word, when we get this miracle that's about to give birth to our lives or something's going to happen, we put a limit to a sense on what God needs to do in our lives. We stop God from creating the miracle because we become a victim thinking that we can't receive the miracle because, wow. of, your, wow. because of hurt, pain, trauma, uh, whatever situation that be, can be going on. Instead of focusing on what God wants to do, we focus on what's currently happening to ourselves and we can never see what God wants to do. So we, and we have to understand that in the, in the midst of us making this room, I want you to remind you this morning that every prayer that you have released to heaven, God is doing something. Every praise, every shout, God is doing something. You, you, have, you can't come in on Sunday service or wake up Monday morning thinking that God's not doing anything when God really is doing something. Every time you pray, every time you shout, you are making room for what God is about to do next in wow. your life, what miracles God about to give you in your life, what he's going to do in you and your family and your children and your children's children and your children and your finances and your business. But you have to understand that we have to make the room that he wants to make. Now, my question is, how big, how, 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 how big do we want to make the room? Wow. Wow. How big do we want to make it? Yeah, that's it. That's how, it. how big do we want to allow ourselves to be stretched out yes. to make the room? Yes. Sometimes yes. we want to settle for little. Yeah. For little. When God wants to give us much. More. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we want to settle with that prescription when God wants to heal us. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. Sometimes God wants, to, wants us to settle or he, we, we want to settle with a thousand when one, God wants to bless us with a million. Wow. Wow. One bedroom house when God wants to give us a six bedroom house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much room are we willing to make for what God wants to do? Yeah. Because sometimes we want to create our own miracle and God didn't call us to create that. 
And so, in making room, it, it deals a lot with what, what's happening on our end. Right. On our end. And we've got to allow that to happen in us so that the, 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 the rest or what's next is going to be able to come to pass because we made the room for it. Right. The room is very important to do that. And sometimes, and you said it well, sometimes there's no room or we're not making room because there's so much clutter in there. Right. So much mess in there that we're not making room for this. This woman, she had, watch this. I love the story because I'm looking at this. This woman had no more room uh, around her in her building. Right. Said so there's no room to, to add another wall here, to add another room here. But we can go to the roof. Hmm. We can go higher. Amen. And expand it more. And she made room where it seemed like there was no more space there. She made room for that. I want you to understand, all of us here, we all go through stuff. We all go through things. We all go through hurts and through pains. And even get to a point where, I, I, I like what you said there, that we become sometimes a, a victim-minded individual yes. that it limits what God wants to do in our lives. Right. I want you to understand here. And I'm speaking to somebody here today. You're not a victim. You're victorious. That pain and that hurt and all that stuff. Listen, I'm speaking to you with the authority of God's spirit in my heart, in my life. Stop using that as an excuse so that you can remain in the same place and condition that you're in. No, today we break that and we make room for what God has for us. Oh, Pastor, if you only knew my childhood. Well, you went through that, but you're not there any longer. If you only knew what that divorce brought to me. Well, you went through that divorce, but you're not stuck there any longer. If you only knew the addictions and all the pain and all that, you're not there. You're not a victim. You've got to make room for God to put some things and miracles in your life. This woman made room where it seemed like there was no more room to make. And I believe that when we do that, then God says, not only are you making room, watch this, but that room that you're making there is not going to be empty. I'm going to fill it. I'm going to fill it. Because there's some people, Pastor Junior, there's some people that make room but leave it empty. They, 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 they leave it empty. No, man. You put that 120-inch big screen high def. Put surround sound in there. Put that recliner in there. That reclines 10 different ways. Come on. Come on. Don't, don't, uh, make, make, make room, but not only make the space, uh, but allow God to fill that with his presence, uh, his spirit, his joy, his love, his peace, uh, everything. Don't just make the room and leave it empty. No. Let now God furnish uh, that room that you've made. This is what this woman did. Uh, I want you to understand. I'm making room, but I'm going to fill it as well. So we got to make room. Tell your neighbor, make room. I'm ready for my miracle, but I got to make room for it. We also, we also have to be careful that we're not comfortable in that pain and that trauma. Say that again. We have to be careful that we don't stay stuck in that pain and that trauma become comfortable there because then we become stagnant there. Okay, okay. So there's okay. so many people, so many us, all of us included, that we, we live this life of Christianity. We come to church every Sunday. We come and do, but we're still in the same spot we were in 10 years ago. Okay. So those okay. are the things that we cannot allow God, we cannot allow ourselves. When we have that victim mentality, we will stay stuck and stagnant in the same spot. 
God put a word. God's creating a miracle for you not to stay stuck there. God is calling you to grow from there to go to your next level, which is your next destiny. But you can't, the enemy wants to have you stagnant and comfortable so you don't do nothing. So you don't make no room. So you don't fill your room with what you want. He wants to keep you there. Oh, I got a word. I'm cool. That's it. That's it. That's it. And you don't work. We don't work on it. We don't pray. We don't praise for it. So that's that's what like can also can hinder us back a little bit, though, Pastor. And that is so so powerful. You know, we we've got to allow God to work in all of us continually. Amen. And and, and making the room is, is such a fun time, right? Because there's some new things that we're preparing for. Right. We make room because there's expectation there. We make room because we believe that that room is is going to be space that is going to be filled. It's not going to stay empty. But we gotta think. We gotta we gotta allow God to remove things in order to be able to Amen. fill that. But not only that. Watch this. This woman not only made room. She's a smart woman. But then something happened as the conversation went on, because as she was preparing that, the Bible says that the prophet Elisha went in there, rested there. Then something happened in him. So wait a second. I got, there's something that I'm not. At, I'm not. I'm not resting here. Called the servant. Tell the servant, go and tell and ask this woman, what is it that we can do for you? Mm. What is it that needs to be done for you? Can I tell you that the moment you make room for the miracle that God has for your life, you draw the attention of God for you. Not only, that, watch this, this is so fascinating because this woman had a need in her life. There was something that was empty in her. There was something that was missing in her. She said, I'm going to look beyond my emptiness and what's missing in me, and I'm going to create, I'm going to make room for this man of God that comes by here. And not only, but every time he comes, I, I want him to rest. The man finds rest, their refuge at that particular time. So now the question, what can we do for you? What is it that needs to be done? She says, I'm okay. Everything's fine. Everything's okay. I'm good. I'm good. No, 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 no. The, the prophet said, no, no, no. There's something that's missing. Right. I know that there's something that she thinks she can hide, but go and ask her again. Go and find out. What can we do for her? Then the servant says, you know what? This woman can have no children. <laughs> Verse 14, look what it says. Verse 14, it says, and, and, and he said, what then is to be done for her? This servant, has I said, and answered, well, she has no son. And her husband is old. I'm always fascinated why he had to go there. Why did he have to go there? He could have said she has no son, period. But do you understand what it says? The text says that, and her husband is old. How dare he? Are you kidding me? He was minding his own business. He wasn't bothering anybody. He was finishing painting the room. He was putting the, the furniture together, and all of a sudden the servant said, hey, listen, Elisha, listen. I mean, she has no children. They can't, she can't have no children. And her husband is all, this is what was happening. We come to realize that the problem was not her. The problem was him. He was already too old. And right there, ladies, is a good time to say amen. You can say, man, I understand now. It's not me. It's him. It's him. Don't say that. Don't say it. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. I appreciate that word of confidence. Yeah. So this is what happens. Because when the miracle that's going to come your way is so great, when that miracle that you're preparing for and making room for is so awesome, 
This is what happens. God will initiate the process, watch this, in the people around you. In other words, she did not need that touch from God. His, her, her husband did. So in order for her to get her miracle, God needed to start working in him. I want you to know that God's about to bless the people around you. I'll say that again. God's about to bless the people around you. God's about to bless your family. God's about to bring those that are lost home. God's about to restore. God's about to heal. God's about to set free. God's about to break chains. God's about to break curses. God's about to bless the people that are closest to you. Why? Because before the miracle gets to you, God needs to start working in them. And God says, I need to work in them first. And God started working in them first and the people that were around her first. So you got to get this. This has got something that, that has to come in, into your heart, into your life. So listen to this. The miracle to be conceived in birth, in order for it to happen to you, here's something, something else. We reviewed this. We went through this. You must, you must believe the spoken word over your life. What does that mean? Pastor Junior, what does that mean to you? Let's, let's, let's flip it. Let's look at Jonah. Okay. When he received the word it caused everyone around him to go into chaos because response to the word was very negative. He said, I'm not doing it. Some of us this morning have calls upon our lives. Some of us have a prophetic anointing upon our lives. Some of us have been called to ministry. Some of us have been called to missions. Some of us have been, but we're sitting and not believing that we can accomplish it. And that's why nothing around us has been blessed. God has things in your life, in your children's life that needs to be activated in you so everything else around you can change. Come on. Come God on. didn't place a word in you for you to keep it. God puts the word inside of you so you can fulfill it. Yeah. Today in... Pastor Charlie, in on, the name of come Jesus, on, come on, come on. I declare over every family, over every person that has received the word from heaven this morning, whatever has been an obstacle in your life, in your come family's on, life, is broken in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, come on. Tell your neighbor, I believe it this morning. I want that thing broken off me. I want to fulfill what God's placed inside of me. Because that's what it is. Because we could be a Jonah, yes, Pastor Charlie. Yes. Yes. We can cause a boat to ship and flip. Yes. Because yes. we don't we, we don't want to get there mm -hmm. because we're still stuck being in that last place. Yeah. And yeah. that last place thinking that I'm not worthy enough. Right. The victimization words, the words of assault, the yes. words of abuse, yes. all that could hinder, Pastor Charlie, yes. from yes. us getting this from that word to being fulfilled Come in on. our lives, Pastor Come Charlie. Come on. Come so on. today we believe in Jesus' yes. name. Everything's gonna be broken. Yes. The past is gone, the new is here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I mean, listen, this woman received the word and she had to believe that word. The word for her was not uh, you're gonna have a son. That was not the only word there. That 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 was that was a promise. That was a promise from God. Right. The prophetic word was this. By this time next year. That was the word. Right. By this time next year, because a prophet could have generalized that, hey, you're going to have a son. As a matter of fact, he told her, you're going to have a son. And her reaction to that was not joy. If you read the scripture there, right. when, she, when he told her, you're going to have a son, her reaction was not jubilee, not excitement. Huh. Her reaction was this, don't mess with me. Stop it. Don't be playing with my emotions. Don't lie to me. That's what her reaction was. 
I begin to think about that. Why is it that that happened to her? Why wasn't she receptive to that word and believe that word? And here it is. Because her emotions had been played with before. She had gone through hurt and pain before. It was not the first time she heard, you're going to have a son. It had happened prior. How do you know that, Pastor? By her reaction. Because when the prophet said, you're going to have a son, she said, no, no, stop it. Don't be playing with me. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of the emotional roller coaster. I'm tired of people giving me false hope. Don't mess with me. I'd rather you not tell me nothing. And that's how so many people are living right now. They can't receive that and believe the spoken word over their lives because they've been going through the mess. They've gone through the hurt and through the pain and they're holding on to that. But today, right now, as Pastor Junior spoken, we're going to declare it in the name of Jesus. The lie, you're not going to believe that anymore. The hurt is not going to be there no more. Your emotions are about to start all over again fresh and new in Jesus' name. So in order for us to get this, uh, we've got to get the word that was released uh, over her life. Uh, get ready. By this time, uh, next year, you will embrace uh, your son. Uh, you're going to have uh, a son. Something stirred up on the inside of her. The Bible says this. Uh, there in verse 17 of that same chapter 4 of 2 Kings. Verse 17 says that this woman, watch this, conceived. And she bore a son. About that time, the following spring, just as Elisha the prophet had spoken over her. I want you to understand, church, God is speaking word over our lives. God has spoken a word over your life. You might be thinking, Pastor, it's been a long time. Can I tell you that when the seed, when you, when, when you can see, when there's a seed that's placed on the inside of you, implanted on the inside of you, it doesn't grow overnight. That, that birth is not going to happen from one day to another. There's a process, uh, usually of nine months, uh, that that seed begins to develop uh, and to grow on the inside of you. You begin to take care of it. Change begins to take uh, place in a woman's body. There's change uh, that takes place. There's morning sickness. Uh, you can't sleep at night. Uh, you can't eat spicy food anymore. All you want is Mexican or, or, or Italian food or something. And you begin to have cravings you didn't have before. Why? There's a change that's taking place in you before the arrival of the miracle something has got to change i'm here to tell you the process brings forth a change that's going to help develop the miracle inside of you in order for it to be birthed and come to pass i'm speaking to somebody here today you've been impregnated with a seed from the word of god get ready for your miracle get ready for your miracle i said get ready for your miracle oh by this time next year you're going to be holding your miracle in your hands. Can anybody just shout amen and praise God for that? But we've got to believe it in us. We've got to believe that with faith, without faith it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11:6. 6, uh, we've got to have faith uh, on the inside of us. This faith uh, that moves. Uh, listen, and during this time, as a matter of fact, Luke chapter 1 uh, and verse 45, uh, this young lady, Mary, was given a word. Uh -huh. You're going to give birth uh, to the Messiah. 
You're going to give birth. I, I haven't been with anybody. No, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And then this is what the Lord says in Luke 145. He tells us this. You are blessed because you believed the Lord would do what he said he would do. Do I have any people in the house that believe that God's going to do what he said he would do? Do I have any people that are here that can bear witness? I, I believe, Pastor, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you and your household will be saved. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and not only you, but the people around you, your family, your sons, your daughters, your husband, your wife, they will be saved. We've got to believe that. So in order for us to be able to let that word, that seed develop and grow. We've got to believe what God is speaking to you. And I want to declare over your life. I want to speak this prophetically over your life today. By this time, next year, you will be holding your miracle. Some of you have been waiting long enough. Some of you have been crying. Some of you have been lamenting. Some of you have been waiting for such a long time. I'm here to decree, declare over you, over your family, over your health, over your children, over your children's children, over your finances, over your business, over your ministry, over your calling, over this house. By this time next year, we're holding our miracle in our hands, whatever it may be. Get ready for that. Get ready for the birthing of your miracle, salvation, restoration, reconciliation, Families are going to start coming together in the name of Jesus. All those broken pieces are coming together in the name of Jesus. Why? There is something that is being conceived. And in order for your miracle to take place, you've got to be conceived with the seed of the Word of God in your life. The Word of God. Salvation is coming. And we'll get into that, but watch this. How do you know that this happens? How do you know that God fulfills his word? Can I tell you that this is not the first time that God spoke over somebody? That by this time next year, you're going to be having your son, your miracle. He spoke it thousands of years prior to that. To a couple by the name of Sarah and Abraham. We know the story. God spoke to them. God told Abraham. By this time, next your your wife Sarah, she's gonna be holding her baby. Let me just say this because when the word came to them, they laughed. They laughed. Oh my God, are you kidding me? I'm a hundred years old. My wife is almost ninety. Are you kidding me? This is never gonna happen. They laughed. But the Lord spoke and said, "No, I'm gonna give you." What I'm saying by this time, I'm going to visit you again. When I come back, you're going to be holding your miracle. Can I tell you that between, be, between that time when the word came upon them to the fulfillment of that word, there was chaos that took place. Because the following chapter in Genesis 19, 20, those, it says this, that after the Lord spoke to Abraham and Sarah about their birthing of the miracle right after that Sodom and Gomorrah rose up destruction came they fled to another nation he had to lie 
he lied about Sarah. Is this your sister or your wife? My sister. And all these things happened upon the king of that land. And he said, he found out what they were doing. Get rid of them. As a matter of fact, you know what? Go, get, we, can't, we can't have you here. And they went uh, to another journey. They went, uh, continued going on their journey. But verse, chapter 21, Genesis 21. The Bible says that God spoke to them previously but then this is what the scripture says i want to i want you to i want to i want to read it to you genesis 21 verses 1 and 2 then the lord watch this kept his word then the lord kept his word and did for sarah exactly what he had promised she became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened just at the time God had said it would. For somebody, get ready. By this time next year, that spoken word over your life for your miracle, you're going to be holding it in Jesus' name. You've got to believe that and hold on to that. What is it that you're believing for? Say, God, I'm holding on to that promise. And I'm going to see what you're going to have, do on my behalf. The question is this. Does anybody need a miracle today? Does anybody believe that God can fulfill his word? Will anybody stand and agree and say, by this time, next year, I'm going to be holding my miracle? In the name of Jesus, would you stand right now? Would you please stand right now?